Hello, welcome to episode 105 of the Awkwardly Anna podcast. I'm doing a little bit of a different intro this time because it's a bit of a disclaimer, uh, trigger warning, if you will. In this episode, we talk about some heavy topics. So I would not listen to this episode with children around. So many of my listeners listen to my episodes in the car with their kids, uh, going to and from places, and I absolutely love that. This is not one I would do that with. Um, I hope you do come back and listen at a time that is more appropriate, though. If you have older kids, listen to it on your own and then make that make that call on your own. Uh, as far as trigger warnings go, we do talk about, super briefly talk about miscarriage, um, a little bit talk about abortion, and talk a little bit about um, some domestic violence. So if any of those things you feel like will be too triggering for you, skip this episode. My analytics don't need, don't need help if it's going to harm you. Um, however, I do link a lot of resources in the show notes that I would love for you to check out. Otherwise, if this sounds like something that you, yes, want to listen to, which I hope you will, please pray before this episode. Pray on how to have discernment on what God would like to stir in your heart and why. Uh, if it's you need to take action on something, if it's you need to seek resources on something, if it's to ask more questions, um, just pray that God guides you in in what should stir you about this. And please be praying for Virginia um, for any of the things she mentioned for her healing. And I hope that you know that you are loved and also know that I'm not great at quoting scripture. So all the ones I mess up are in the show notes. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, guys, I would like to welcome Virginia O'Brien to the podcast today. She is one of my virtual friends in one of my online communities, and I'm so excited to have her on. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Okay, so Virginia, why I'm having guests on for my 100th podcast, I wanted to do a batch of episodes where regular people just tell their stories and talk about bouts of awkwardness, bouts of hard, but where you just saw God through it all. And he not only got you through it, but showed you some really cool things about your value, your worth. And we just talk about that so more people can hear that we have a similar experience. We have some shared experiences. And the more we learn that from people, I think it will take away a lot of the divisiveness we kind of see uh, due to social media nowadays in today's climate. Um, I just want to have people hear other people's voices. Love that. That is awesome. Yeah. I'm excited to share with you. Right. Okay. So Virginia, tell our listeners today just about you personally, professionally, whatever you want to share. Who are you? Yeah. So um, I am 37 years old, single mama to a beautiful baby girl. Her name is Audra Faith. She's 14 months old. The love of my life. Um, we live in St. Augustine, Florida, and I um, currently work for Zillow Group. I am a listing media consultant, and um, I absolutely love my company. I love my job, um, and yeah, life is life is pretty pretty good in that realm. Um, and you know, this has been a this has been a a growing season for me, being a single mom. Um, as I've had a lot of you know challenges. Um, and just trying to navigate through motherhood on my own. So, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yeah. Now, was your original plan to 
do motherhood on your own? No, it was not. Um, I, I was married to her dad. Um, it was kind of this intense relationship from the get go. Um, very passionate, but, um, it quickly turned very, um, abusive. Um, and he did attack me twice. Um, the second time he attacked me, I was pregnant and, um, it was actually terrifying. Um, he strangled me and held me hostage for 12 hours and threatened to take my life. He is now in prison for that. Um, and you know, I mean, that was, that was really hard to fully process all of that trauma. Um, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I'm sorry. That is big. That's heavy. And uh, my first question though, is how did you, how did you get away? I hear of so many people that never get out. What is different about you? How were you able to get out? Well, admittedly, like even after the two attacks, I still maintained contact with him while he was in the jail. Um, he ultimately got moved to maximum security prison, but um, I still, I was still listening to his, you know, his promises that he was going to change and that, you know, he was going to get therapy and he was going to quit drinking and, you know, he really wanted to be a part of my life and the baby's life. And I, as, you know, as a, a girl who grew up without her parents, I, you know, my mom and my dad, um, left me when I was a baby. So I really always had this dream of having a complete family, like complete meaning, you know, a two parent household. Mm -hmm. So I really was like, gung-ho about providing that for my daughter um and it was hard it was hard to finally accept that he was not going to change and I think the the light bulb kind of switched um it, it was during the last conversation that I had with him while he was in the prison um and he basically threatened me saying that he was going to hurt me again and that was kind of the that defining moment where i was like okay you know what he's not going to change like yeah literally like threatening to hurt me again so yeah. i blocked him i just was really strong and i'm like i'm going to just do this on my own and Ultimately, that led me to going to go get a permanent restraining order, a divorce, and the judge miraculously granted me full custody and full timeshare, which in the state of Florida, it's a pro-father state. So even in domestic violence situations, the mother, let's say the mother would get 100% custody, but the father would get 10% timeshare. So that means like 10%, you know, the visits would be like at a, a community center where there's like supervised yeah, for like two or three hours a week, something like that, even in severe domestic violence situations. So the fact that I was granted 100% across the board, like my lawyer said, 
that like never happens. That's like a one percent like crazy thing that happened for me. And I'm like, well, that's God. Like Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that you're able to see that. I, I don't think God puts us in these terrible situations. I we are a broken, fallen world and evil is real. Uh I, yeah. I don't think God makes you be abused, makes you be harmed. Um, but I love that you see that he is with you all the time. And even in something that might seem little like a a custody hearing, that's not little at all, but you know what I mean? Like, does God look out for these things? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was like, he's showing you like you are enough for your daughter in this season, maybe forever. You don't know that answer, but he was giving you the, like, you are absolutely enough. I've got you. I'm with you. And that's really powerful. Yeah, and it's it's really forced me to rely on God in a new way that if I didn't go through this, I don't know. I mean, I did rely on him before for a lot of things, but this particular season of my life, like caring for a child and having, you know, full responsibility of like all the finances and everything is on me, um, you know, I really have pressed into my reliance on God, like so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think ultimately, like, you know, I just think of that Romans eight verse, what is this like eight one or something? And it's about, you know, how he, he puts everything together, like everything, I forget how the verse goes, but it's something like everything gets put together for the good. So yeah, no matter what happens, he can like literally make it into something good. And ultimately his glory is shown through it. So I've definitely seen that throughout my trials, like, and now I've seen it so many times that like, when I do go through trials, like, I'm just like, okay, like, (laughs) like, I'm probably gonna look back on this and be like, wow, God use that too. Yeah. So you see him and all the things and that's really powerful. And that's a, a true spiritual connection with God that you can't really like teach someone, but it's that constant trust. And I don't know what you're doing here. I don't know why I'm going through this, but like, God, I trust you. And I know you have me and you hold me. Like you always have this father there for you. And a lot of times if we haven't known that in our earthly father, it can be a disconnect with believing that and trusting that in our heavenly father. But once we do, I think it's so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Now, what would you say to a mom that is newly or even for a few years finds himself being a single mom and it wasn't their plan, whether they're a widow, whether it was abuse, divorce, uh, any scenario, or they weren't, you weren't in a relationship to begin with. Um, what would you tell them to encourage them on single motherhood? Well, I would definitely say like, definitely, you know, get involved in a good community. I, I found mine at my church. Um, and it's okay to, to share with people, you know, what you're struggling with. It's okay to open up, um, about what you need. And, you know, I feel like oftentimes in these particular situations, there's a lot of shame attached to it. Like what, for whatever reason, like, it's like, oh, the relationship didn't work out or divorce. Like culturally there's, you know, associations with divorce and, you know, I mean, anyway, but basically I would just say like step out from shame and just like be vulnerable with people ask for what you need um and 
you can do it honestly with God, like all things are possible. It's so true. Um, I mean, I'm doing it and there's been moments I'm like, can I do this? Like, right. (laughs) but I literally somehow, you know, I'm doing it and I do fully accredit it to the Lord giving me the strength each and every day. And every day it looks different. Some days I'm like a mess. The house is a mess. The laundry's piled up. Like I'm ordering like food to be delivered because I am too tired to make anything. Um, And that's okay. Yeah. And then the next day I have energy and I'm like back at it. And so every day our best looks different, but yeah, that's, I would say that's probably what I have to say. Yeah, I feel like you just described encouragement for just motherhood in general, whatever the circumstance, uh, just that keep going and God is with you and every day can look different. And if even if someone has postpartum depression or anxiety um, or just they're they're overwhelmed, maybe they feel alone, even if they're physically not, they feel really alone or it just feels hard. And that's motherhood. And if it feels too hard, you get help. But I think that God always will guide us if you give him the trust, you know, like, God, I'm, I'm giving this to you. I'm giving my motherhood to you. Like guide me, help me, give me the strength. Even if you need help, like therapy or counseling or life coaching, like God will lead you to the practical life services here on earth that also will help you. And I think that that is, you just brought up a really powerful point of just keep going and go how that looks to you. And I think also, you know, I found a lot of power in starting my day with God um, and even on the hard days, I, I make it a point to start my mornings with gratitude. Like I, you know, my daughter's 14 months old. She doesn't understand fully what I'm saying, but ultimately she will. And it's because it's like a routine, um, for us, like when I'm driving her to her daycare, I say, all right, Audra, what are we grateful for? And we'll do at least 10 things of, you know, I'll say 10 things that we're grateful for, even if it's like a struggle struggling kind of day where I'm like I don't want to be grateful for anything I'm upset like I make sure I find things to be grateful for and once I get that list flowing then I'm like oh like I'm grateful that I have a car to drive her and I into her daycare and I'm grateful for the daycare and how awesome the daycare workers are and oh like I love this drive to the daycare the trees are so beautiful I'm grateful for God's creation like and it just starts flowing and then I'm like oh and then that that just shifts my perspective and that just starts my day in such a powerful way. Um, and then just inviting God into my, into my day, into every part of it. Like I basically ask him to guide my footsteps um, and just to lead me and show me. And I, I take some still quiet moments throughout the day to really just hear that still quiet voice. Um, just, you know, that pressing on my spirit, like, okay, this is the right the right direction to go in. Yeah, you're so right. You just hit the nail on the head with gratitude. It is the antidote to so many different things. Yuck emotions. Just it doesn't, it could be any yuck emotion you can think of or yuck feeling you have. You're exactly right that you start listing one, two, three things. And all of a sudden you're like, and it's not toxic positivity. It is literally rewiring your brain. They do studies on this, on what happens to our brain when we are focused on gratitude. And it's gratitude based in reality. And it's really powerful. And what you said about you're not sure if your daughter like hears you or something, she absolutely does at her age even. She can absolutely, she gets it. She knows it. 
probably makes her heart feel better and it's a practice you are passing on to her. So another example of just such a cool thing and a God thing you're passing on to her. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I remember when I found out I was pregnant with her, um, I, I committed to the Lord that I would raise her knowing his ways and take her to church and, you know, be, be that example. Do I fall short all the time? All the time. We all do. We all do. Yeah. But I definitely, I, I make it a point to apologize. Like, you know what? I'm sorry, mommy. Like, whatever. Like, I don't know what it is. Like I stubbed my toe and I screamed, ah, like, (laughs) and then like, what's going on with mommy? And they're like, sorry, I'm sorry. Like I didn't. (laughs) Another super powerful practice I recommend to everyone, friends, clients, just your kids need to see you apologize. And if you're having to apologize, like constantly, like all the time, you like do something and then you're like, well, I can apologize. That's different. But when you actually do something and you're messed up or you fell short, like you said, uh, I sometimes I'm like, I'll be so stressed out and I just snap at my kids. And it's really like, just such a yuck tone, like just such an uncalled for, like I'm the one stressed out, but it's like a sassy, rude tone. And I have to be like, "Mm." God will be like, hello. (laughs) Like every single time, like, I feel like he's like, and I have to yeah. say, you guys, I'm sorry. I'm showing up in a way that is wrong. Like you don't deserve my attitude. You don't deserve the repercussions of me mismanaging my thoughts. Uh, and I'm sorry for that. But mom, mama makes mistakes too. And I hope you'll you'll encourage my growth as I'm encouraging yours. And we can learn this together because I'm, I'm learning as I go. And it's really powerful yeah. that you just almost see like their little bodies, like take a breath, you know, like you see like because you could see the tense in them when they're nervous about something and then they just like they breathe and it's like we're all we're breathing and we're made to know that forgiveness and that grace that God shows us yeah. over and over again. Yeah, and we have to be that example to them because we can talk all day long about you know what what God's word says and this and that but like love is an action and we have to demonstrate that his love through our actions. Um so yeah, that's, that's really cool. Actually, I was just thinking of like, like a couple weeks ago, like mind you, my baby is like just a little over one years old. She grabbed the salt shaker. Um, it's made of glass and she threw it. Cause that's like her new thing, throwing stuff Right. and glass breaks. And so it was like seven in the morning. I was just waking up. I hadn't even had a sip of coffee yet. She threw it glass salt everywhere. And I'm just like, what are you doing? And then <laughs> I said, calm down, yeah. baby. And I said, I'm I'm sorry, Audra. You don't know. Yeah. I apologize. And then I just cleaned it up and I'm like, okay, that was a really good lesson for me because, you know, she's gonna do like probably a thousand more things like that. And I don't want that to be my knee-jerk reaction yelling at yeah. her. Yeah. And realizing that in real time is just a testament to the internal work you're doing. Because when we start, it's not that we're going to be free from feeling or free from ugly emotions, but it's all about, that's like the core of life coaching. If you could catch yourself the second it happens and redo it, you know, just what can I say instead? What, how do I want to show up instead? That's so powerful. And I think it's, it's just really important for us and it's important for our, our kids to see and random fact here. When my daughter went through that phase at that age, the throwing phase, it was at Christmas and she threw all our ornaments off the Christmas tree. Oh, 
and just would like the fastest little arm you've ever, just this tiny little arm, but so fast. Like my brain couldn't even react fast enough to, it was like, you would have thought it's like those things that shoot out baseballs, like, or softballs, like her little arm was just so quick. And I remember just being like, oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Okay. And I had to just like, I cannot change the situation. But I think me before, if I had been a mom before life coaching and before therapy and before God, I don't think I would have reacted that way where I was just able to be like, it is just stuff. Stuff breaks. I love you. Let's not throw Christmas ornaments in the future. In the future, let's put them on the tree. And here's what we do with them. But it is, there's, I think that you almost hear a heal a bit of your inner child when you do things like that for your own kid. It's almost gives your heart and soul a moment to be like, hey, it's okay. Yeah. And that's good. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Okay. So tell me, you said that you like committed your like daughter, your mother and your, all of it to the Lord when you found out you were pregnant. What yes. made you do that? Like with such intentionality? I just, I mean, well, I really do love Jesus. Like I, you know, I've been through, I've been through quite a lot in my life and I've just seen Jesus show up for me like time and time again. Um, and you know, the gift, the gift of motherhood is a gift that not everybody gets, um, to experience. And, um, I didn't know if I was going to get to experience it. I, I actually had a couple of, um, pregnancies prior to Audra, the first one resulting in miscarriage, um, which was devastating for me. Yeah. And then devastating. Yeah. Yeah. And then six months later, um, I got pregnant again and I was in a a different abusive relationship. It was a nine year relationship. And, um, when I told him I was pregnant, he punched me in my stomach and he said, I hope that ends the baby's life and you need to get an abortion. I've cheated on you for nine years because you were never good enough for me. And ultimately, like my mother at the, I, I used to talk to my mother. I don't talk to her anymore. Um, but she also was like, you need to get an abortion. You don't want to be attached to this man. So the two main voices in my life during that time were basically encouraging me to go get an abortion. I was just terrified. I was totally broke. I like literally did not know what I was going to do. And I did go get an abortion, which, to me, um, as somebody who values and treasures life because it is God given, like I think that's the the hardest thing that I've ever done. Like I, yeah, I definitely was was not listening to God's voice at that time. Um, I was listening to fear, and um, definitely had like it still upsets me thinking about it. To be honest. Um, but I think through that experience, and this is a long one to answer, but basically, you know, um, I really discovered God's forgiveness Mm -hmm. through that experience. Um, and that was like, I was like on my knees. I totally felt convicted from the Holy spirit about what I had done. Um, and I felt this, this like, kind of like relief, like when I was like, when I confessed to Jesus, like what I'd done 
And I said, I'm so sorry, Lord, please forgive me. And I felt this like feeling like he had forgiven me. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't know if I was going to ever have the experience of getting to be a mother again. After that, I had kind of created this storyline in my head. Like, why would God ever trust me? Like you would be punished for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I felt that. Like, I was like, there's no way he's going to ever let me be a mom after, after that. Um, And so when I did find out I was pregnant with Audra, I was like, God, whatever happens. And I my ex-husband hadn't even, you know, he had attacked me one time before that, but he was on this whole, like, doing the right thing kind of phase where he was, like, going to church with me every Sunday. Things were going good between us. Like, he yeah. was in therapy. And I'm like, well, maybe he is going to change. So I was, like, optimistic that, you know, it was all going to work out. Um, And I just, I just gave it to the Lord. I said, please, Lord, you know help me with this this motherhood and um I basically yeah it's it's a little bit hard to talk about but yeah well I I so appreciate you sharing um that's more of a shared experience miscarriage abortion uh infant loss all of it is a, a shared experience with so many and the importance of knowing that those actions don't exempt you from God's love He's begging for you and seeking for you to ask for forgiveness and change your ways. That's what he wants. That's what Jesus's walk here on earth was, you know, like come to me and and change your ways. And that's exactly what you did. And I think more people need to hear people live in guilt, especially when it comes to abortion. Uh, and they need to hear that there is forgiveness when asked and there's healing and there's my doctor. I'll actually put this in the show notes, but my doctor um, does post-abortion counseling and help. She also can help people if they've taken the pill and need to, they regret their decision. She saved babies' lives that weren't supposed to be here. Um, and she counsels, she has an organization that counsels moms that uh, she's a pro-life doctor, and but she understands, she wants people to understand that they're not out of God's love from a mistake or a sin they've done. And it's really the healing yeah. that happens with that is very cool. So I'll put the, that will remind me to put that in the show notes. That must mean somebody needs it if you brought that up. Uh, but yeah. I, I think it's really important to not to punish ourselves when we've made a mistake. I, I want anyone to listen that's listening to know this. If you've asked for forgiveness, God forgives you. You don't get continuously punished for that. Yeah. You're not continuously doing the thing after asking for forgiveness, but you can ask for forgiveness, uh, you know, again and again, but he, when he forgives, that's, that's it. It's wiped clean. And it doesn't mean though that the sea of he forgets it. He throws it into the sea. I forget what the verse yeah, is. But... Yeah. He's not going to get, he's not capable of continuously punishing you for something you asked for forgiveness for. That's what Jesus did for us on the cross. He was the sacrifice and that's, but you do have to ask for forgiveness. Yeah, absolutely. You have to, you have, and it can be through tears and it can be through anger and it can be through self-hate. Uh, and he's going to need to work, work on that with you and connect you to resources. And anyone that's ever been through something like that uh, needs therapy. Like you just need there. Everyone needs therapy. I think yeah. uh, you need therapy yeah. and a life coach as, as Trish, my own life coach always says, if everyone had those two things, the world would be such a better place. Uh, but just that focus on, what does forgiveness actually look like in my life? And how am I raising my daughter differently to actually know what resources are out there for her? What does yeah. caring for someone in a, 
in a tragic seeming state that they think they're in, no money, no process, you know, like not sure what to do. How do I teach my daughter what's actually available to her? How do I be someone that's available to others? You have no idea when you give things like this to God, how he's going to use you. Yeah. It's incredible. And I think just like being open to whatever. Yeah. Um, because you just never know. Like it could be, it could be beyond your wildest dreams. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So what, before we go, I'm going to end here soon, but I want to ask you for anyone listening that is having just a, a season or even a day of, it's just, they've been working on themselves and all of a sudden it just feels I can't do it. This is too hard. I'm broken. I'm beyond broken. What would you say is an action they can do and a thought they can think or a prayer they could say when they feel that? Well, just as an encouragement, that's totally normal to feel that way. Healing is not a linear process. It's not this, you know, like step-by-step thing that, you know, you've just like, you know, take 10 steps forward and then you're just like oh like look at all the progress I'm making the the real way like healing happens is that you can take 10 steps forward and 15 steps back and then eight steps forward (laughs) it looks so different and it's like totally okay um to feel like you know you're not making a lot of progress and if you're having a rough day like I would say give yourself some grace. Um, it's okay to just to not be okay. It's okay to have a rough day. It's just, you know, like I would I would say definitely reach out to somebody who you trust um to confide in and like I don't know. I don't really know. Yeah, no, I like it. I, I mean hope comes in the morning. It always does. So being committed to like, this is my journey. Nothing's gone wrong here. This is my journey. Your pace is your pace. Your, what you're going through is what you're going through. You know, you give it to God and he will do abundantly more than you ever would imagine. And even with your, even with your day, how you're going about your day. Uh, But always remember that our days are new. The next day is a new day and, and hope comes in the morning. I think that's so important, important for people to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And You know, I mean, it's just, it's been incredible, like, how God has worked in my life. And, you know, trust me, I still have hard days, but, like, having that reliance on him and seeing how he's worked, like, he's done so many miracles for me. Um, Like, even on the hard days, I'm just like, you know what, like, my true hope is, like, in you know, I have like heaven to look forward to. I have so much hope and he has me here for a purpose. Like he literally has a purpose for every single one of his children. And, you know, he's going to use our pain for a purpose. He's going to, he's going to make everything for good, you know? Yeah. And our healing, our healing will be for helping others to heal. I, I hate when people say hurt people, hurt people and don't follow it up with and heal people, heal people. You know, that's so needed. Mm -hmm. I think we have to remember that, that like there is purpose comes from our pain, but also from our healing comes even more like, hey, here's, here's therapists that you reach out to. Hey, here's how you protect your peace, but also your safety. 
hey, here's how you reach out and you have community and you're not alone. Uh, we need the action steps. So many people need the action steps for like, what, what does healing actually look like? And that's like you said, you just keep going and you seek out resources. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also lastly, before we, we close, yeah, like yeah. Um, I've just found a lot of power in being specific in prayer yeah. um, because that's where you really start to see God move because it's no coincidence that that specific prayer was answered. Um, so I think just really going to God with like your actual needs, like what you want, what you need. Like we don't always get what we want, but we will always get what we need. Um, and it's amazing how like in journaling, like I will journal, like, God, I need this. Like I pray for this. Like I kind of write to him in my journal and I'll look back and I'm like, I answered that prayer. Like it was a very yeah. specific thing I asked for. And I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. Exactly. He cares. He cares about all the little things, all the seemingly big things. He cares about it all. And that's powerful. And you did, you bring up a great point. Another thing I tell a lot of people to do is prayer journaling. So you can look back and see, but also like a 10 year look back reflection, I think is really powerful for you look back 10 years of where God has showed up for you. And you'll yes. just find that your mind is like, oh, he, he's really got a plan for me. He's really got my back here. Like beyond that, yes. he holds me, he protects me. He's for me, not against me. And that's really cool. So Virginia, I have loved this conversation. I so appreciate how open you were. I know that you have said you've been wanting to share your story more. And I truly believe this is just the start for you on how you're going to share your story. And this is just practice for you for uh, the big work God has for you in helping other women heal and be safe. Yeah, because, you know, God God wants that for us. He wants us to heal and he wants us safe. Yeah, exactly. So, well, I'm proud of you. I'm grateful for you. And um, again, I'll I'll link some of those resources in the show notes. And I just appreciate you being on the show today. Thanks, Virginia. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. Please remember to leave a review if you're enjoying the show. Uh, You can email me at any time if you need coaching in any of these areas or you have questions about any of the resources linked in the show notes. My email is helloannabar at gmail.com. Thank you.